So I want to preach to you this morning on what faith can do. Sometimes I think we misunderstand faith. And the truth is that when we treat faith like it's a noun instead of a verb, you're not going to see what you could be seeing. In the English language, faith can be a noun or it can be a verb. Well, what is a noun? It's a person, place, or thing. What's a verb? It's an action word. So when your faith gets put into action, things happen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to me to the book of Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. I'm going to read through 17 to 26, and then I'm going to come back and revisit these scriptures. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay him before him. And when they found that they could, and when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up to the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Everybody say they ripped the roof off. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins... He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what had, he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. For your word because your word is truth you said that heaven and earth will pass away but your word will not pass away i thank you because you caused that word to become flesh and dwelt among us and then jesus told us that he was going to go away and that the comforter would come and dwell in us I ask today, Father, that you activate faith in us so we can see what faith can do. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Say it with me one more time, what faith can do. So in verse 17, let me look at it again. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching. Everybody say he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come from every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Everybody say, heal them. The Pharisees showed up that day. And now it says that they're sitting close by, so they're not sitting in the house. They didn't come that day to join with him. They came to 
observe him. Actually, they came to judge him. They were going to judge whether or not his teaching was according to the law, according to the Torah, and their traditions. Problem with, how many of y'all got some traditions? We all do, right? We, we all have some traditions. The problem is when your traditions become more important than the word, you, na- you need to say goodbye to your traditions. Jesus looked at the Pharisees one time and he said, because of your traditions, you've made the word of God of none effect. And so I've got to embrace him and let go of all my thinking. Everybody say, clear your head. How many of you have ever felt like you just needed to clear your head? How many of you ever felt like you needed to clear somebody else's head? You know what I'm saying? There's there's something wrong there. And, And so he's... They come in, and and this is what I want you to get. The Scripture said that the power of the Lord was there to heal. What's going on in the house? Teaching. And the power of the Lord was there to heal. Do you understand that by understanding the Word of God is where you begin to experience the power of God? But if the Word is just a book to you, if it's just a literary exercise, then you're not going to experience what you could be experiencing. Now, the Pharisees are there, and they're skeptical, right? But the power of the Lord is there to heal. So I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, wow. It's not a healing service that's going on. But yet the power of the Lord is present to heal. And it dawned on me that the power of God shows up in different places at different times in different ways. Let me say it to you this way. The power of God can show up where faith is present. So what, what's going on? How, what, how's all that? I mean, the Pharisees are hanging out there, right? And it's not their faith that's causing anything to happen. What's going on? There are some men that are going to show up that day that believed that he could do what he said he could do. They, they, there's something that I've experienced in life, and then I'm going to give you Scripture for this in just a second. But... I've noticed that when when I traveled for the 21 years we traveled evangelizing, I noticed that when I went to different churches, that the presence of God moved, hinged on whether or not that church had been praying and whether or not they were believing. I went to places where it was like, you know, not a lot happened. But I went to other places where all of a sudden it was like a fog of God came into that building. And so the power of God shows up in different places in different measures. Let me prove it by Scripture, Matthew 13, 54. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. There there he was again teaching. He taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? 
Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother Mary? I mean, is not, yeah, is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. What I've discovered is this, is the person that doesn't get anything from God is the one that says, I don't believe it. But if we believe all things are possible. So if unbelief kept him from doing many mighty works, doesn't it just stand to reason that when faith is present, it unlocks the power and the presence of God. That's what faith can do. What are you, what are you getting at? Remember the woman that had the issue of blood? Jesus didn't even know she was in the crowd that day. But what had she said in herself? She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, what? I will be made whole. And when she touched him, she's healed. And Jesus stopped the whole crowd and he said, who touched me? And everybody's saying, man, everybody's touching me. What do you mean who touched me? He said, no, 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 you don't get it. I just felt the power of God go out of me. I just felt the power and the presence of the Lord go out of me. And the woman confesses. Now, what did Jesus say to the woman? It wasn't your touching the hem of my garment that made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. That's what faith can do. Now, hear me. It's not faith in and of itself. It's not faith or confidence in yourself or faith or confidence in the preacher. It's faith and trust in God. That's what faith can do. As a matter of fact, right before this, this passage that I'm reading about the presence of God being present to heal, there's something that took place right before that, and it was a man that had leprosy. I don't know if you're familiar with leprosy, but they called it, I think it was called Hansen's disease. And they, they, what would happen is it would kill the nerve endings in your body. It would, it, it would destroy the nerves. And then people thought, well, you know, their flesh is rotting off. And actually what was happening is their nerve endings were dying. And so in like India, they would be in the streets sleeping at night and rats would come in and begin to eat their fingers and their toes and they couldn't even feel the rats eating their body away. You know, what's unique to me is that in Scripture, leprosy is a type and shadow of sin. And so leprosy did to the body what sin does to the soul. It eats everything away and tries to destroy it and tries to take it down. But there was a man that was in the crowd. Well, he, he was in the crowd. He wasn't supposed to be in the crowd. He was breaking the law. Everybody go, ooh. Any lawbreakers in here? 
How many of you ever got a speeding ticket? You lawbreaker. So, huh? No, yours is up. Oh, yeah, both of them. My hands, my feet, my... So, he bra- he's not supposed to be in the crowd. According to the law, because he's unclean, he's not allowed to be there. They could actually take him out and stone him for that. But he shows up because he realizes something. Obeying the law isn't changing my life. The law is not healing me. I don't know if he was around when Jesus made the statement. He said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill the law. So do you understand that the fulfillment of what God had always intended is wrapped up in Christ? And what did Christ do? The Scripture said that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And so he, he pushes into the crowd that day, and everybody takes off running, man. Can you imagine what was going on when they, he, you know, they saw him? And if he wasn't hollering unclean, everybody else was. There's a leper, man. There's a leper. And everybody runs from him except Jesus because Jesus will never run from what's wrong with you. And when he walked up to Jesus, he looked at him. And faith kicked in. But it's often the type of faith that you and I have. He looked at him and he said, if you will, you can make me clean. What's he saying? He's saying, I know you can. I'm just not sure if you'll do it for me. (laughs) How many of us have ever been there? where it's not a question of whether or not we love him or whether or not we believe. It's a question of whether or not he'll do it for me. Do you remember by chance what his answer was to the leper that day? Somebody shout that out. I will. Do you understand that he's no respecter person? He said, I will. And so that day that man experienced what faith can do. We wrestle with our faith, don't we? You remember the other fellow that came to Jesus? and Actually, he came to his disciples. And there's a big ruckus going on, and Jesus walks up and says, Man, what's going on? What's all this confusion about out here? And he said, I, I brought my son to your disciples. He's possessed. Devil throws him into the fire. Devil's trying to kill him. And he said, And I brought them, and they couldn't do anything. And he looked at him with a passion in his eyes and heart and said, if you can do anything, please help us. And Jesus makes a statement. This is in the Rick McNeely translation. What, what do you mean if? Jesus looks at him and he said, all things are possible to those that believe. And then the man confesses it. He's looking at Jesus and he's saying, Lord, I believe. But my circumstance is trying to destroy my faith. My situation keeps pulling on me. And so, yes, Lord, I believe, but 
help my unbelief. I got a war going on inside of me. I, I got a battle that's raging, I, and I need some help up in here. I, 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 Lord, I, I, look, man, I've already been to the disciples, and I watched them fail. I watched them all fall. But when I look at you, I know that there's something in me that's rising up, but the devil keeps trying to pull me down. <coughs> so, Lord, I believe but help my unbelief. And Jesus healed the boy. Everybody say, look what faith can do. <laughs> just, just a little bit, just grabbing out, because it was never about how much or how big your faith was. It was about how powerful your faith is. Say, well, I don't have any. Yes, you do. Say, well, no, I don't. yes, you do. Well, I don't even believe in God. I don't care whether you believe in God or not. You still got faith. Because the Bible said to every man has been dealt a measure of faith. You may have buried it. You may have it way, stuck way down deep and you keep pushing it back. But down inside you, you know there's a God. <laughs> You know there's a God. I was dealing with a man, talking to him, and he was saying, well, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. And he wanted to argue, and I, I said, look, I'm not going to argue with you. I said, here's the truth. I said, you're going to die, and I'm going to die. I said, when that happens, we'll find out who was right and who was wrong. Have a good day. And I turned around to walk away. And he looked at me. He said, wait a minute. You just said I'm going to hell. I turned around, and I smiled at him real big. I said, I didn't say that. You did. Because down deep in his heart, he knew that there's a God. You can try and bury it. You can try and suppress it. But to every man, has been dealt a measure of faith. And you need to make up your mind what you're going to do with your faith. Are you going to keep it buried? Or are you going to begin to nurture it, water it? Well, how do I do that? He was teaching. <laughs> his word will cultivate your faith. His word will make your faith grow. In the midst of this mix with everything that's going on there, all of a sudden, these four guys show up. I, hey, four guys? Where you at? Oh, five guys. No, that's hamburgers. Four guys. These four guys show up. And they, they brought a friend with them. And the friend is paralyzed. And they show up and they start walking around trying to figure out, how am I going to get in the house? Man, there's a crowd of people around the house. And, and you know, they, they've done all they could. You know, they, they're looking around. And have you ever had somebody try and do something for you? And it just seemed like they couldn't get it done. And what did you say to them? Thanks for trying. It's okay. Just thanks for trying. But they, they, these guys are saying, no, no, no. I'm, we're, we're not. Who's in here? We're not. We are not done. He, they're looking at him saying, no, we, we're not about to stop. We didn't bring you this far to stop now. So what they do is they decide. They're looking around trying to figure out what they can do because they, they know 
that if they can get him in his presence, so they take him up on the roof, take him up the ladder, would you outside? No, I'm kidding. Bring him this way. Bring him this way. And, and so they know that if they, now look, I've been up on this roof, and I'm telling you, when you got on dress shoes and you're going up on that roof, it's scary. They, they bring him down, they have to circle around, and they start taking him up. Lift your end up real high. Yours go low, low with yours. There you go. He, so he's, he's getting a little panicky in here. And, and then they, they finally get him up on the roof, and when they get up there, everybody say, rip the roof off. Now, come on, make this real. Because they get him up on that. You can, you can set him down a second because you've got to go to work. So they set him down, and they start ripping the roof off. Come on, guys. They start ripping the roof I'm telling you what. I know who's roofed and who hasn't in his house. They, 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 start, they start ripping the roof off. Now, I, I want you to get this because we read through this, and we don't make it real. Can you imagine the guy inside the house? Hey, what are you doing? Get off my roof. Not on your life. Get off. I'm going to call the police. Call whoever you need to. But we came here to call on Jesus. And we're not going anywhere until we get him where we want him. Somebody throw that picture up. Is there a picture up there? So they're lowering him down. And as they're lowering him down, they've, man, they have literally ripped this guy's roof off of his house. And they're taking him down and they lay him right at the feet of Jesus. Bring him this way. Bring him right here. Now, I, just this is a little bit of inside information. One of the guys said to me, hey, when we get to that part, can we just kind of like flip him out of this blanket and at the feet of Jesus? I'm not going to tell you who that was. <laughs> and they lay him at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus looked down at him and said, get him out of my sight. Is that what he said? No. But think about this. Think about how sometimes, oh, how about this one? Oh, well, thank you for bringing, there's nothing wrong with you. Just take him on home and let him stay the way he is. God help us when the church pushes people out because they feel like they're not good enough or they embrace people in their mess and tell them to stay in it because you're all right living like that. That's not love either way you look at it. Love changes things. But here's the truth. When they let him down, thank you guys. When they let him down, just stand up here. I mean, you're not, I'm not done with you yet. When they let him down, would you like a pillow? When, when they let him down through that roof, the Bible said that he saw their faith, not his faith. He most likely had never seen Jesus before. He's paralyzed. He can't go running out in the crowd. He can't go around to where people are at or where Jesus is at. And the reason he's there 
is because of them. He didn't call them up and say, hey, could you come and get me? I hear there's supposed to be a healing service down at, you know, Zebediah's house, and I want to get down there. No, they went after him as a response to what they saw Jesus do. And when he saw their faith, he looked at him and said, Son, your sins are forgiven you. What can faith do? I want you to get a hold of this. Because neither him nor they came there that day for him to get saved. They came for him to get healed. But Jesus always goes deeper. Jesus looks, Jesus doesn't just see what you are asking for. He sees what you need. How many of you have ever asked for something that you really didn't need? Or sometimes we're asking for something, but we're not asking for the very thing that we need. And so he gives him something more that day. Because Jesus understands you can be healed and wind up in hell. But if you get saved, it doesn't matter what happens to this body. Uh, there's coming a day where you're going to get a brand new body. <laughs> The Bible said, seen were compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Do you ever wonder about that cloud of witnesses? Do you ever think about people when after, and maybe you've heard this from some of them. Well, I would live for God, but, you know, my, my wife has been sick and he hasn't healed her, so I'm not living for God. Or I would live for God, but I'm on these crutches, and, 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 and he's not healed me, so I'm not living for God. I promise you, when you get to heaven, you're going to find some folks that go up to the throne and say, Lord, I was on crutches all my life, but thank God I'm walking today, and I want to praise you for it. That I suffered my whole life with this or that, but I, I, you, you still love me, you still came to me, and today I'm whole, I'm free and I'm saved. He gives him what he didn't expect. And when he said that, it got the Pharisees' attention. And the Pharisees are looking at who does he think he is? Now, I know this doesn't happen at this church but I've traveled around some, a lot. And some places you go and you, and you can hear the whispers in the audience. I don't know who that preacher thinks he is. Matter of fact, I, I've even heard it over, I, 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 I've even heard it told that someone went up to someone and said, do you believe all that stuff he's saying? How in the world could anybody experience all he's talking about in one lifetime? That's true. It happened. Do you really think that's all true? They're saying, who does he think he is? Only God can forgive sins. You're right. <laughs> 
but they're looking at him with disdain in their heart. And Jesus answers them and says, why, why are you questioning all this? Let me ask you a question. Which is easier for me to look at this guy and say your sins are forgiven, which requires no proof? Or for me to look at him and say, take up your bed and walk? He said, but so you know that I know who I am. See, they were saying, who is he? But he knew who he was, and Paul talked about who he was. Paul made the statement, and he said, when Paul made the statement, he said in 1 Timothy 3, 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Paul had been going around killing people, putting them in prison and putting them to death over this guy named Jesus. And then all of a sudden, Paul got a personal experience with him, knocked down off of his beast on the road blind. And he hears a voice and he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, well, let me introduce myself. I'm Jesus who you've been persecuting. You ever been there? Where all of a sudden you've been fighting against God and didn't even realize you were doing it. You, God's trying to do something in your life and you keep kicking against it, trying to keep him out. And he's saying, no, 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 no. This is what faith can do. If you love me, even when you don't have it right, if you love me and you believe in me, I can take care of the rest. And so he looked down at this man and said, Arise, take up your bed and walk. And the man immediately got up, a lot quicker than Brian, <laughs> grabbed his bed. Grab it. <laughs> and started home. Okay, hang on here. Guys, come up here a second. Now, here's my question. Why is this man going home saved? Because of their faith. Because they had a friend that meant something to them. And they weren't willing to just talk about Jesus. The scripture says that faith without works is dead. He said, you say you have faith. He said, you show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Everybody say, let faith become an action word. Give them a hand clap. Until faith becomes a verb to you instead of a noun, Nothing's going to happen. I thought about that. I thought about that guy walking home that night. <laughs> Boy, that's a phrase we use all the time. But Can you imagine what it was like when he got out his cell phone, <laughs> called his neighbors? What are you doing? I'm walking home. <laughs> You're what? I'm... I know, I'm walking home. What? <laughs> yeah. 
And you know what else? I'm walking home free. I'm walking home saved. When I lay my head on a pillow tonight, I'm going to lay my head on a pillow in peace because I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. He, he, I, I just came looking for a touch. Truth was, I really wasn't looking for much because these guys that were with me, their faith was so intense, they ripped the roof off of this guy's house and laid me down in the middle of the floor. And honestly, I was thinking, would you quit doing this and take me home? But because of their faith, I, I walked home. Because of their faith, I'm going home to be with him because of their faith. That's what faith can do. What about your faith? What can your faith do? Is your faith active enough to bring someone to Jesus? You don't do the work he does, but your faith will get them there. You know what was unusual? It's right after first service was over, Deborah came up to me and she said, hey, I got a story I want to tell you. She said, it's actually one of your stories. I said, what are you talking about? She said, I was over at the VA this past week and a lady asked me where I went to church and I told her, she said, who's your pastor? And said, I told him, Rick and Debbie McNeely. And she said, man, her eyes got real big and she liked to fell out. Her name was Susie. It used to be Susie Edelman. Susie Edelman was Troy Edelman's wife. Troy passed away several years ago. Troy Edelman met me when I was 16 years old. And I ran around with him until I got to be 18 years old. And he's gone on to be with the Lord, so he can't tell you what we did. <laughs> and Susie, his wife, doesn't know what we did. It's nothing I'm proud of, but what I'm saying is he knew me B.C. before Christ. And then all of a sudden, you've heard my story at 18, I had an encounter and I had to have more than a noun called, or a faith called noun, or whether it was a noun. And faith became a verb to me. It became an action and it changed my life. And when I went to see him after that, I went into his house and I went in and I started talking to him and Troy stopped me and he said, Rick, what has happened to you? Man, you, you're different. And I said, you're right. I want to tell you the difference. He said, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, man, this is too good to keep to myself. And I started pouring it out on Troy and talking to him about it. And he saw the change in me. And over time, Troy saw the change was real and it was lasting and it wasn't, I wasn't letting go of it and, and I wasn't turning my back on it. And the next thing is Troy started to change. That's what faith will do. Faith will begin to reach out and grab hold of someone else because when you walk, when, do you hear what I'm saying? Your faith carries the presence of God. The power of God was present to heal. That's what faith can do. It's not the Pharisees' faith, but Jesus saw their faith. 
And he knows why they came, but he knows he needs more. And so he gives him what he needs the most first, and then he takes care of the rest. What faith can do. That day, Jesus demonstrated his authority to forgive sins and to heal bodies. The crowd's response to this authority is found in the 26th verse. The crowd sees this and their emotions are triggered. And they have a, they, they have a cascade of emotions that hit them. They experience wonder, gratitude, and fear. Look at the verse. And they were all amazed. Wonder. And they glorified God. Gratitude. And were all filled with fear. The word fear there is a Greek word that, that sounds a lot like phobos. Or it's where we get our word phobia from. Fear of. This isn't, now in other places where you read fear, it's in reference to reverence. That's not, this, that's not what this is in reference. This is in fear. Everybody say fear. You know what I'm talking about. Like all of a sudden, what would happen if Jesus walked in here? We, we would all have wonder, right? Wow. We would all be filled with gratitude, right? Wow. And a lot of us would taste fear. I knew I shouldn't have done that when that guy cut me off in traffic. <laughs> I, knew, I, I, I knew I shouldn't have said that to that cashier. That she was on my last nerve. Fear. There used to be a song. I guess there still is. <laughs> he looked past my faults and saw my needs. Would you stand with me today? What faith can do. R.W. Schambach was in a meeting. A woman walked up and she was blind. He prayed for and tried to usher her on, but she wasn't going anywhere. stopped him and said, the Lord told me to come here and for you to pray for me, but you're supposed to spit in my eyes. This happened. He said, what? So you're supposed to spit in my eyes and I'm going to be healed. He said, lady, I can't do that. He said, just receive it by faith. Go on, just receive it by faith. She wouldn't leave. And so the rest of the crowd's waiting to get prayed for and and, and she's not moving. And he said, man, I'm sitting there. And she keeps saying that you're supposed to spit in my eyes. And, and, and he said, man, I didn't know what to do. And he said, I thought, I, I, you know, the crowd's a bit backing up. And he said, I finally went. Oh. He said, I thought, man, I, you know, people are going to go out of here talking about this. And he said, I can't believe this. And all of a sudden, he, he, he reached over and spit on her eyes and prayed for her and said, okay, sis, go on, go on. And, you know, and she goes on and he's thinking, oh, thank God, you know, and he starts praying for everybody else and all of a sudden, ah! 
people were filled with wonder and they glorified God. And I'm sure there was a little fear floating around when that woman could see again. God had opened her eyes. What did Jesus say to Bartimaeus, the blind man, when he asked, what, what do you want me to do? He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And he said, as your faith is, so be it to you. As your faith, that's what faith can do. Can I ask a question? What can your faith do today? Do you have enough faith to be able to step up in front of a crowd of people that don't want anything to do with God and share the love of God anyway? Do you have enough faith to go to a friend that knows you B.C. and tell them what Jesus has done for you? Do you have enough faith to go and tell them what you've seen? That a lady that for four years endured pain that was off the charts and cried herself home all of a sudden came to church one day and God healed her. That's what faith can do. Do you have enough faith to share that? Do you have enough faith to share that a woman was diagnosed with cancer and they told her she had to be treated or she had no hope. There wasn't anything going to change. This does not go away. She said, well, I'm going to pray about that. People gathered together and began to pray. And the next time she went to the doctor, or maybe not the next time, but after a series of going to the doctor and then continually trying to tell her, this isn't going away, this isn't going to go away, the doctor came out and looked at her and he wasn't, didn't seem too excited about it, did he? And said, your cancer's gone. That's what faith can do. A lady walking in, a young lady walking in on a cane, barely able to move, can't hardly eat anything, and her life slowly leaving her. And she'd been in that condition, I think, for a year, and it just, it just dragging her down. And then all of a sudden, in a moment of time, God touched her. She threw away that cane, walked out of here whole. That's what faith can do. Not faith in me. Not faith in your ability, but faith in the one that we call Lord and Master. Faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's what faith can do. Faith that can turn a drug addict into a prophet. Faith can transform the life of a murderer into a light for Christ. That's what faith can do. How about your faith? Are you ready to rip the roof off? I said, are you ready to rip the roof off? So this is what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. 
according to your faith, I want you to, not according to my faith, according to your, what do you believe God can do? Now, if you're sitting next to someone and it doesn't seem like they have any faith, have you got enough faith to believe for them? That's what these four people did. I mean, I was in a revival one time and there was a pastor and I'm used to people coming up on their own. It wasn't happening at this church. Man, this pastor was running out and grabbing people. Come up here. You need to be prayed for. Come up here. You need to be prayed for. And I, this is a true story, man. You ask my wife. True story. Come here. I mean, he'd run out like this. Come here. Come here. Come here. You need something. You need something. And he'd grab them and bring them up to the altar. Now, you never got away from him. Bring them up to the altar. Bring them up to the altar and say, and then look at me and say, they need something. Go ahead. I watch people get healed like that. I watch people get saved like that. I watch people get set free like that. A lady came up, she, her eye, she couldn't see out of an eye and she was blind in that eye. And <laughs> Cause he believed. I didn't even know what her problem was. She didn't come up on her own. He believed. Prayed with her and no lightning, no thunder. She was on her way home. She came back that night. She was on her way home and she said, Mama, Mama, my eye, it's burning like the last time I had laser surgery. Mama, my eyes burning. Mama, I can see. I can see. That's what faith can do. He's a big God. And sometimes we need to rip the roof off, not just for ourselves. I get by with a little help from my friends. I'm going to try with a little help from my friends. Do you love them enough to rip the roof off for them? I want you to come right now. Now, Steve has been battling a condition for a little while, haven't you? About three years, and he's been going and coming and getting frustrated and aggravated because it just seems like they're not able to get it done right. But we know someone today that does it right. <laughs> we know someone that in an instant can take care of the situation. Now, look, you, you, now I'm just going to be honest about this. You didn't come up here. He went and got you. Thank God for a friend that believes that he is able. Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. You believe that. Mm, I'm going to let you sing in a second. What are you believing God for? And, and here's the next thing I'm asking is do you believe 
that God can do it. Then if you do, just come up and say, God, I'm asking you, I believe you can do it. I'm, I'm, I'm believing you can do it. You say, but what, 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 what if he doesn't? What if he does? Job made a statement. He said, though he slay me, yet I'll trust him. What's Job saying? Job's saying, I'm going to believe in God no matter what happens. I'm going to trust God no matter what's going on. I'm going, I'm, I am not, my faith is not based on my condition. My faith is based on who he is. Who he is. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's who he is. So if you've got, if you, now I'm not, what I want you to do is I, if, if, if you're coming up for a need, then I want you to step forward and raise your hand. Okay. What do you need? My leg to be healed. How many of you believe that God can heal her yes, leg? Yes, yes. You know what? Not only can God heal your leg, but if there's anything else you need, he knows about that too.
going to ask uh, ushers to stay with me real quick, okay? So keep your hand up, keep it up. You say, well, why, why are you having me hold my hand up? Because I want to grab hold of you if you don't want it. <laughs> There's something called faith involved here. Where is your faith? What are you asking God? What are you believing God for? How many of you right now would say what David said? You may be big, but you're not as big as my God. <laughs> I mean, I know everybody standing out here is saying, you're so big, how can we hit him? But I'm figuring you're so big, how can I miss you? I'm talking about my God. This isn't about me. I'm not the one you're going to have to contend with today. It's God. And he's more than enough to take care of you. He's more than enough to deal with the giant that's in your life. Look at me just a second as you raise your hands. It's Man, it's been like a journey of climbing up a mountain I'm not talking about a path going up a path but like rocks and boulders and going up but you've got a tenacity that's in you a tenacity that won't let go and God sees that and he's going to honor that he's already shown you in different ways how he's present with you and sometimes what the devil does is he tries to come and challenge you. It's what he did to Jesus in the wilderness because he knew what was going to happen after this wilderness experience. He knew that when he walked out of that wilderness that he was going to have an impact on lives all around. The devil's tried to keep you suppressed and pushed back because he knows the impact your life is going to have. Now, there's not a devil big enough uh, to be... Mm, the, mm, the like a pinball machine. Look at me. It's like, I, I see this. Am I telling you the truth? It's like, ding, 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 ding. And, and God's saying, this is what I hear. Relax. I got it in control. I'm, I'm going to take care of it. So just relax in his presence. Just stretch your hands as high as you can and say, I just really trust you, God. I just, re I just really
understand God never gives a gift unless you're willing to use it. So he doesn't, he doesn't put something in our life that's just going to set on a shelf. He wants us to use it. So when he gives you courage, you're going to use it. Stretch your hands down. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let him. focuses on what everybody else wants he focuses on the need and in our willingness to give that to him so just as the man extended the hand that was withered and you've confessed or you've asked for your liver I believe that that same restoration that touched that man's hand is going to touch your liver now in Jesus name us for purpose. Think about this. What kind of God would save you and then look at you and go, well, let's see if you can make it until I come back. He doesn't do that. He, he's saying, look, I'm, I'm rescuing you because I have a plan for you and a purpose for you. And sometimes we spend our whole lives going after what we want. You know what I'm saying? It's what, what I want. What I, and that, that, that's okay as long as you're not excluding God from that. But when you invite God into it, everything changes. Your faith 
It's about not a person, a place, or a thing. Your faith is about an action that moves you toward Him. Paul said, I know in whom I've trusted, in whom I've believed, and I'm persuaded He's able to keep what I commit to Him. In plain English, Paul said, I trust you, and I'm going to commit my whole life into your hand. I want you to do that right now. Just raise those hands up and say, God, just all of me.
well, how come you're pastor in this church? Because I love him. And, and, I, and I want to know more about him. But think about it. Do you really believe that our finite minds are going to be able to understand and explain an infinite God? If we can, he's not God. He said that my ways are above your ways. So here's the deal. Is that if I were God, I would have never gone through anything rough. I'd have gave myself a smooth road. That's why I'm not God. Because God knows something that I don't. He knows that smooth roads don't develop character. Do you ever hear metamorphosis? You know, it's when there's a butterfly that's getting ready to break out. And I remember reading a story about this butterfly in a cocoon. And it was struggling to break out of the cocoon. And the little guy thought he'd give it some help. So he snipped the cocoon open and got the butterfly out. Well, he was out of the cocoon, but he never did fly. Because it was in the struggle of breaking out of the cocoon that the butterfly would expel all the fluid in his body. He needed the struggle to fly. We want to fly, but we don't want to go through nothing. We want to rise up above it, but we're not willing to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And those are the places where we find our wings. You've been struggling. What that makes me feel like is it's time to fly. So as you raise your hand, we both know that God can do anything, right? And sometimes we ask that question. We say, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, if you will, you can make me. And, you know, it's will you? He said, yes, I will. I will. Somebody raise your hands to heaven and say, He will. He will. I'm just going to ask God to wrap his arms around you and begin to order your steps. What, what I mean by that is to direct your path. There were a lot of things that I was going to do when I was, I ended up, I mean, if you told me I was going to be a missionary and preaching all this, I'd told you to use out of your mind because I didn't even know God at the time. But God knows us and he's able to see past where we're at and understand the future that he's got planned for us. Do you want that same future that he has for you? Father, I just ask your hand. 
circumstance and I, I believe but so we just believe now thank you Jesus thank you Jesus just believe I'm not I'm not going to tell him how to do it or, or you know, I, I just believe he, he's going to do it however he wants to I believe say that with me I believe, I believe. I believe. now it's got to turn it's got to leave from being a noun got to be something that puts you into action. So you tell God what you're getting ready to do. And what I mean by that is you need to show God by your pursuit of Him that I'm not I'm going to go after you, God. I'm not going to wait until next Sunday to talk to you. I'm not going to wait to crack open my Bible until I get here. I'm going to go after you because it's in the going after Him that our faith becomes reality. Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now.
service going, I mean, when we're praying up here, if you've got to go, I understand that, so you don't have to feel like you have to wait for me to dismiss you, but I don't want to get in a hurry with God when there are people that are still have needs, so just be dismissed and blessed in Jesus' name. We love you all. Next Sunday, we'll see you then. Oh, Lord. You are more.